He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Hey, everybody. I'm Laura Giles. Welcome to It's Not You, It's Me. And Merry Christmas. Today, we have our first guest since the remix. And that's my present to you. And our guest is CJ Barnaby, and he is the host of Super Normalized Podcast, which is a podcast about normalizing paranormal things, not normal things. And I re- I'm a fan of the show, love the show, and love the guests. And I asked him to come on because he's an example of somebody who is living his true self. He shares a little bit about how that wasn't easy and what it's like to live in that space of authenticity now. And I hope as you listen to our interview that that's what you get out of it because he does have a very different story, but so does everybody. So it's really not about getting you to believe like he believes, but maybe seeing what it is to be authentic. And please listen to the end because I ask him one of the questions that I ask myself all the time. It's my mantra. So it doesn't matter if something is sacred, profane, or mundane. My thing is, so what? If a thing's going to be useful to you in your life in some kind of way, you have to get past the so what. And at the end, he answers that question. And I think he does a beautiful job of it. So stay tuned all the way to the end. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and enjoy our interview. Hey, CJ, it's great seeing you again. How are you? Yeah, yeah it's good to see you too, Laura. Thanks for um, bringing me onto your show. I'm, I really appreciate it, and I look forward to our conversation. Sure. So I hope that people have checked out our other conversation beforehand, but if not, um, would you mind starting with kind of just telling about your the first the first paranormal experience of yours that I heard, which was the one that you were three three years old and walking yes. across to the woods. Yeah, yeah. It was around about three, three, four years old. Um I as it like this is the seventies, we've got to actually give some framework to this. This is the seventies and um we live in a part of northern Sydney which is above um the manly sort of area. So it's actually a lot of bush. There's a lot of bush there and um our road is actually dirt road, you know, for a city. This is quite weird to have a dirt road. And directly across from the road is a big forest, which leads down to the Manly Dam. And um, this this forest to me was always fascinating as a child. I was like, oh, what's over there? It looks 
completely different to living in a house. <laughs> and as a baby, um, because it's the 70s, I was, I was pretty free range and I, could, I started to walk. And as I started to walk, one of the first things I wanted to do was get over to that forest. And I did. I got over to that forest and walked into the forest. And in my estimation, it felt like I was walking a long way into the forest in my mind. And as I, as I got deep into it, I found a spot where I could sit down on some rocks and look at the um, trees and plants around me. And these beings would just come out of that space. I, it's like I, I don't remember being able to see them, but I think I could see them when I was a baby. But I don't remember what they looked like, but I felt them. And they taught me how to meditate. And what I meant by that is they taught me to keep still. And to, 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 as a baby, that's quite weird to keep still because they're always on the, on the go and running around. So what I was doing is actually just being there in the moment with them. And when that happened, all of the world started to, what I would describe as like wiggle and, and it started to like wave like it was um, underwater and actually felt like the whole place was underwater and I was underwater with them and the whole place was um like an underwater environment and um that's the way I, I see it in my memory but at the time i don't know if i actually perceived it as being underwater because i wouldn't even know what that was and i did this many many times and walked back home with no issues whatsoever and um yeah that's how much that rolled out it was it actually taught they taught me how to meditate and and i i still do that same sort of meditation to this day which is keeping still and letting everything go, and um, at times the letting of the go is letting everything go has been harder because I've been caught up and distracted by life. But uh, as if you do it more often, it becomes easier. And I've I've since learned that a lot of people say that's like vipassana meditation, so a silent meditation, or it's like transcendental medita- meditation where you just let things go and if something grabs your mind you just grab that and just go with it and then drop it away and keep on going with that till you get to that space that i call the in-between and when you hit the in-between everything goes quite infinite and you feel extremely expanded and uh, euphoric at the same time so what is your uh explanation or how do you what does it all mean to you now Why, why do you think you had that experience I, well, okay, so looking back, uh, those beings felt like they were my friends and I had known them forever. And I didn't know that that was not, I didn't know that no one else experienced that sort of thing. And uh, as I got older, I had to suppress that sort of understanding that information in myself and that caused all sorts of difficulties like uh, anxiety and depression because you know it's not a part of the natural world as according to the to the normal humans but for me that was what normal is and then as I got older again I had to recover that part of myself and that reconnection and when I did I did that with plant medicines and um, those plant medicines took me through a doorway into a what I thought was another universe, I was traveling far, far, far away, but I wasn't. I was actually just traveling far through my conditioning and my uh, blinkers and the masks that I put on to be me, to be absolutely here now. And when I did, they all arrived, they all turned up, they all sat around. We, it was like we were sitting in a, in a fire circle, you know, and when that happened, I was like, oh, Oh, it's you guys. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we were waiting for you. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've known each other forever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to see you. It's about time, you know. <laughs> so um, for me, it was like um, these these beings and this connection to these beings, um, it's, it's something that's happened throughout pretty much all of my existence, and I don't mean just this lifetime. I mean every lifetime I've lived, and there's probably been very many. I don't remember them all because as we get born into this life, we, you know, there's for some reason we get completely erased, and uh, we get inklings of those lives. You know, we might have an affinity towards things. I know that these things know me, and I know them. So, what? Are, why are they here? Why are they here? Uh, well, they're here all the time. It's a matter of whether we perceive them or not. And it's it's like the world that we live in is a playground. And the beings that are around us and um, create the reality and the experiences that we, we have are there to help us grow. And in this playground, we're, we're meant to tune up our souls and and have all sorts of experiences, both good and bad. And in doing that, we reach a higher understanding of self. And it, I've, I've seen um, uh, recently a documentary where, where a, a guy was on plant medicine and uh, getting informed about his understanding of the world. And, and, and a part of that understanding, he became, he got into a God position. And when he was in that God position, he got to experience um, many people's lives happening simultaneously and he bounced in and out of those lives and first of all he went through all the euphoric lives and all the amazing possibilities of euphoria that could be that could be lived but then he went through all the horror as well so he got to see all those aspects of those lives so it feels like from from my understanding that this experience and these beings are all a part of the creator experience experiencing its creation through us okay yeah <laughs> so how did you know that this was not something that the average joe experienced how did i not know well okay so as i was when i was younger i noticed that when i tried to explain these experiences to my friends and family it was um, almost shut down and i had to be quiet about it because you know People started calling me a weirdo and, and all sorts of things like uh -huh. that. Uh, and but for me, it was it was so normal when I'd talk to some people. I'd, I'd I'd be talking so matter of fact. They're like, "What are you talking about? You know, that's it, not a part of their world at all." And I know what that's like because you know when you're um, you're really deep in the materialist edge of experience, um, without a touch of um, nature and supernature, then it just seems alien and foreign. So I understand where they're coming from and, and how it can seem that way and how they don't want to hear it because it does actually literally smash their paradigm of experience. Um, and if it's not in their experience, then it makes them uncomfortable. So, yeah. I, so you I, think that's I, why... Go ahead. You think that's why most people don't perceive it is because of the just over-involvement uh, with the material world? I wouldn't say it's over involvement. It's like just where they are right where they are right now. You know, it's not like a, a, an over involvement. People are, are born into different sort of positions for experiences, and so some part of that experience will be um, 
solid materialism and other parts will be extreme spiritual states and and heights of ecstasy i mean and you've got to sort of bridge both of those worlds i think to be able to be a whole human but it takes time and experience to get there did you have an experience of when you were older um, what it was like did it did it change or was it always the same oh it deepened yeah definitely deepened yeah yeah because i did like i it was like i um as a part of that shutting down of my personality and my understanding as i was getting into the teen age sort of years um as a part of that that shutting down i had to uh i it's like i i blocked off that understanding so then when i went to going to rediscover that through going back into meditation and then going back into um plant medicines at the time um it opened me up and when i went to these places and and work with these beings again it was like wow i know this how could i have forgotten this it was like i the amount of suppression i put upon myself had made it so that was like like compartmentalized and forgotten and in that forgetting it, it was like a, a part of me had been taken away mm. But I recovered it, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've written a book. Uh, what inspired yes. you to write the book? Okay, so uh, we've got some framework around that one. The book that I, I wrote is um, Sometimes I Look in a Mirror and Allow Myself to Be Surprised, which is a really, really long title. I know that. And I, I wrote it when I was uh, 18, 19, around about there. I want to say, uh, and it was um, a series of statements that came to me from um, working with um, an expansion of my consciousness at the time, and I was uh, in contact with what is known as an emissary. An emissary is uh, a being that comes to you when you open up your consciousness enough to be able to perceive them, and when this emissary came to me and started teaching me, um, I was uh, doing a lot of meditation and and doing some medicines at the time. And it pretty much tapped me on the shoulder one day when I was at work. I went into a deep meditation and I was very expansive. And this extra voice popped in and it was a female voice. And it said, okay, now sit up. And now open your eyes. And and I was like, okay, who's talking? Am I crazy? <laughs> and uh, I said, who are you? And she named herself. And I said, what are you? And she said, I'm another aspect of your higher self here to teach you. And I said, how do I know you're real and I'm not crazy? And... Uh, <laughs> Which, which you know, it was something I needed to be sure of because I was like, "Well, is this is this actually real?" And over a period of of a few weeks, I did lots of tests with this being to prove that they were first of all benevolent, second of all um, actually real, and third of all here to actually teach me. And um, over time, I was um, sort of given more understandings of of the world and and our place in it and our connection to nature all of these sort of things and it, was, it seemed very zen like 
the information I was getting. And so that turned into a series of statements that I put into that book. And um, I ended up publishing that on, well, first of all, I did a self-publish and I produced, because I worked at a, at a photocopy center at the time. So I did 500 copies of it. And it was only like, I think it was like an eight-page book. And I took that to my friend's shop. They had a, an art store, which was like an outlet, like a pop-up shop. And it had all sorts of art materials and um, artworks in it and things from local artists. And I asked if I could put my book in there, and they said, sure. So I put 500 in there just to see what happened and released it to the world. And it went really, really fast, like um, 500 copies gone in three days. And wow. I thought, well, okay, this will be interesting. Let's see what happens now. And uh, from that, um, I had um, two responses. So only two people understood it because it was pretty out there <laughs> in terms of thinking at the time. And one of them was my um, print um, making teacher because I was studying also at a, at a college to learn different art practices. And the way that I knew that he understood is that he came into a, a shop that I moonlighted at at the time and he walks in and he comes up to the counter and looks me in the eye and then he slaps me across the face and went, ah, oh, yeah, you get it. <laughs> he said, yeah, I got it. And I was like, that's great. I'm glad someone got it. And then another one of my friends phoned me and said, yeah, I understand this. So I was like, good. So um, I, it wasn't like I was writing it to be like weird and esoteric, but it was just language. It's the language that I could get to, to actually describe at the time what I was experiencing and uh, ended up uh, scanning that up and then putting it into a format and putting it onto um, Amazon. And it's still on Amazon today, which is interesting. And uh, I don't know. I haven't really checked to see if anyone bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but I put it up in 2012, finally. <laughs> you did? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've shown it to some other people and they said, this is like um, sort of high philosophy. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I, I, so I don't know what high philosophy really is, except for uh, yeah, what they say. So, yeah. So that's the book well, I've I written. Well, I love about um, the discernment piece because I think – if anybody's in any kind of circles where where people are exploring uh, any kind of paranormal stuff, you see a lot of people who are not real balanced and oh, yeah. don't really do the discernment piece. Um, if if somebody is experiencing something and they're just like, okay, this is going to help me out to do the discernment. Do you have some sort of checks and balances things that you do to to let you know that it's whatever you're experiencing is real and good? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a, a part of that would be to, um, well, first of all, tuning into my intuition and seeing if this actually feels right. And when I tune into my intuition, I've, I've got a pretty finely tuned intuition. works most of the time, not all the time. Otherwise, everything would be perfect, perfectly. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I tune into my intuition and go with the feeling of what what is this and um, question it and see if it's actually right for me. And a part of that is um, um, doing some kinesiology sort of testing just to see, you know, oh, muscle okay. testing to see if that yeah. is, is right for me too. Because, um, I mean, there, what happens when you do tune up yourself in, in certain ways? You become like a, a lighthouse in the darkness of, of the void and 
that attracts moths, you know, and you, you got to watch out for the, some of those moths because they're not helpful. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's wise to be to keep yourself clear and uh, and to um, yeah be on top of that. And so yeah, the major thing for me would I would say say is to you know the gut feeling, the intuition to to understand that this isn't right. I mean, we all know what it's like when you walk into a space or you meet somebody and you're like, oh, I don't know about this person. That's that feeling. Yeah. So when you can feel that around something, like a, some sort of contact experience, then you're probably right. You know, more than likely you are. I think there's the ego about it too. I think there's some people who really want to be important or, or, have some sort of experience and they talk themselves into something that they probably shouldn't be messing with. Maybe. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I'd say some people would do that. And, um, maybe those people, um, yeah, are just seeking some sort of, um, self grandeur. I mean, um, yeah. you know, a, a lot of our life is, uh, I mean, well, a lot of the life pushed through the media is like, you've got to be famous, you know, you've got to be famous, you've got to be rich. You're not famous, rich, you're nobody. And so, you know, I think the um the, the nefarious spirits prey on that, and they're like, "Yeah, you're here. You're a star seed, and you're the one that's going to deliver us to you know the next fifth dimension, and let's go through the lion's gate." I mean, you know, what part of that do you say no to <laughs> if you really need it? <laughs> well, so in your podcast, uh, you have lots of people who talk about stuff like that. So how how do you yeah. tell the difference? Oh, you can tell. Yeah, I I won't let people like record unless they're they're authentic. Yeah, I, I can uh, feel it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I like because I screen I screen people before they come, and and you read their stuff, you're like, no, <laughs> yeah, that's not right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. I love that you have people on your podcast who talk about alternative health stuff. You talked about kinesiology. Yeah. Um, I think that's real important in an age where I don't know if this is true or not, but but some would say that we don't have a lot of power in medicine because it is so controlled. Um, how how do you discern something like that? You know, if somebody has the newest copper blah blah or pyramid power, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the new purple disc with a special squeal on it. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm also very skeptical of certain things as well because, um, you know, I've, I've lived in the materialist side of things too, and I know that there is certain ways th that things work in the universe. So, um, I, I am, I'm pretty highly attuned to the things that actually do work, and, um, I, I, I often find that the ones that are a bit iffy seem to be also MLMs at the same time. And uh, uh. <laughs> I check it out and I'm like, oh, no, another MLM. No, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to promote your MLM. <laughs> so, yeah, I keep away from that. Big, big stick away yeah. from that. So, yeah. I think I'm skeptical too, but I I try a lot of stuff. I mean, it does yeah. have to pass a filter. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of gadgets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I've had gadgets too. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm immune to those things. I try them out too, and, um, and my wife does too. She's recently bought a new organ device, which, um, to me, looks like a, a scam, but um, it could actually work. I mean, she's had good changes from it, so if that's working, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I've had two great sleeps in a row now since we've had it. So, <laughs> I, am I, am I deluded? I don't know. 
Yeah, but um, you know these things sometimes work for reasons we don't understand, and I, I've got to say that I don't understand everything. So, and that's certainly possible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you've uh, built your podcast around sharing paranormal experiences, other people's paranormal experiences, stuff that is uh, kind of kooky, not mainstream. Mm. Um, what made you decide to go in that direction? Okay, so I I've had a lot of experiences myself and in having those experiences I found that it was quite difficult to share them um, unless you had like the right ears to hear and I found that speaking to other people and meeting other people who had had experiences they were feeling the same I'm thinking okay look there's a place here for people to be heard and also to let the world know that these experiences and these um, supernatural connections and connections to the other um, in various forms are all natural and in being all natural um, they, sh- they, they should be heard and it makes you feel you know more grounded and more connected to your own experience of the world if you can actually get them heard so my aim is to um, provide a place for people to be able to talk about their experiences um, openly um, without fear um, talk about their unusual healing modalities um, or things they've experienced that change their lives, and um, hopefully to help others because you know you wouldn't you don't know what's what words are going to be a hook for somebody for the next step in their change. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, read some of the stuff on there, but I've gone and turned all these words off, so I don't even need to see it because I don't care anymore. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. My life is that's yeah. not my life. That's somebody else's life. Yeah. That's what they're promoting. And I don't know why they're promoting it, but they're promoting the hell out of it. All of this stuff that uh, great, well, I would say grates against me. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I want to have a happy life, not a disturbed life. <laughs> yeah. 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 So one of the questions that I always ask myself, so I have a group. It's a little yeah. tiny group where we talk about strange stuff. And the what's thing that I always you? come back what's, to. I got to know, what's sorry. strange to you? <laughs> What's strange to well, you? Well, I don't know. I mean, just far out stuff that you don't hear in the in a typical conversation. Okay. And um, I always come back to, so what? So let's say that whatever the story is that we're talking about is true and it's real and it's weird and it's bizarre and it's changing the way that we think of reality. Does it matter? Yeah. How does it matter? Yeah. It's not your life. Well, do you have a, do you have a, what do you say to that? Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with that. It's like, you've got to um, quantify these things in, in, in relation to where you are in history and what you're living in yourself. I mean, a, a lot of the times we get caught up in these, in these uh, narratives um, that other people have spun. And if I was to take it to the extreme and say, imagine there's a whole group of evil sorcerers out there that have the worst intentions upon us, and if you let them, they will take over your mind and your and your experience of the world and use you to gain more energy. You don't have to buy into those stories. You can step back from them and go, well, look, that's not my life. I don't need to participate in that. And how much of that is real? I mean, so much stuff we see in the media now 
could easily be generated by some, you know, re- you know, an AI device which is creating amazing visuals and and even people talking that look real, but you know, we don't know if they are. Yeah, that's how far we've come along with technology, and it's yeah. So, how much has that got to do with you? You know, you've got to ask that question for yourself. Is this really something you need to be involved in? Take your power back. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, I I like the sound of a magical world. I want to have experiences like yours. How and but but this is totally foreign to me, not been my life. Uh yeah. do you have any suggestions on how I might begin to cultivate that magic for myself? I would first of all um find a means to meditation that makes sense to you and you can do that through guided meditations first and cuz a lot of the times our minds are chattering so much that you aren't in the present moment you're in your chatter in your own head and that chatter is informed by all sorts of things that um you can't really control but you can control it by stopping it and the best way to stop it is to stop and meditate and uh you can do that casually anytime you like um you can do it with the guided meditation apps you can do it with just music with just sound or you can just stop and sit and be in that moment and turn off all your devices turn off your tvs turn off your phones and find that quiet place and um if you're in a really busy environment after a while you'll find a way to find um quiet in that too yeah. Once you found that quiet place, then you can go from there. And um, I mean, as you were, you were, a, as you were a child, you you had magic in your life all the time. I mean, how can you learn how to play again? It's learning how to play is a good way to actually, you know, break into the magical world as well. And playing is like appreciating and having gratitude for all of the world around you, and maybe walking in the forest and enjoying things. What ha- what would happen if you just allowed yourself to enjoy everything all the time? What if it was the first time you ever walked in a forest? What what would the first time be like? If you can find that place to walk in the forest, the first time in the forest, and appreciate everything, you'll discover the magic of the world naturally. That's that's one part that I think would work really nicely. Well, you also mentioned plant medicine. Is that necessary? Is it necessary? I think it's a shortcut, and sometimes it can short-circuit people. So I think there is there is definite benefits for some people, but not all. And, for example, okay, people with massively addictive personalities can find ways out of their addiction, um, but also they can also get addicted to the plant medicines themselves and rather than finding their way out. So it does really take a really good practitioner to help them to get through and to um, yeah, walk them on the right path. So I wouldn't um, say that it's definitely for everyone, but I, I had callings to it. I would say I had a calling to it, and um, the spirits I was working with were guiding me at the time and showing me the way. And then the, once I got to a certain stage, they they literally said, do not come back. Do not come into this realm. You've learned all you can. And if you come, we're going to block you and stop you. I was like, okay, 
I tested that just so, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> and I, yeah, they, they literally kicked me out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that, uh, their bottom line was like, you've had all of these experiences. Now it's the ha- time to have the human experience. So please go do that. And um, that way you're going to gain more um, life balance um, and greater understanding of, of yourself. You've got to finish that part of the story of your life now. And so, yeah, that's where I am now. Awesome. Yeah. So how can we find your podcast? Okay. So my podcast uh, you can find on all major podcast um, apps and um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. And um, also, if you need to find it another way, you can actually go straight to my website, which is supernormalized.com. And uh, then you'll hear me talk to lots of interesting people too. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, CJ Barnaby. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been been nice talking to you again. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.